into the conversation, our three-part special where we're looking at the state of the game, women's rugby, as we build up to the historic first-ever Super Rugby Wahine match between the Blues and the Chiefs Saturday, May 1st, 4.35, kick-off at Eden Park. Got to get the plug in, you've got to get your tickets, you want to get along, and who better than two of our Sky commentators, both ex-Blackferns, Honey Hitami Smiler and Vania Wolfgram. Kia ora talofo lava, welcome to both of you. Honey's got... The colours well and truly sorted for the Chiefs. <laughs> Kia ora, Ricky. Good to be here. <laughs> Barnes, you are blues born and bred, right? You're Auckland born and bred, though. We'd better get this out on the table. Yeah, we, we, look, I'm wearing blue shorts, but, you know, I thought, oh, I'll just throw that in there. But talofa, malole, welcome. Nice. Thank you for having us. Oh, thanks yeah. for having this chat. Like, this is a, a significant occasion that we're building up to. You guys have both been at the coalface of women's rugby for a long time. Honey, how significant is this match? Oh, look, I think it's huge. I'm, like, gutted that it's it's happening now and not, <laughs> not in our time, you know. But I think it's massive for women's rugby, and it's, it's probably was always going to be the, the next progression anyway. And, like, to have the Chiefs be the first team and the Blues be the first team makes it, you know, so much more significant. What about for you, Vance? Oh, I think it was... It's just massive, right? It's yeah. just huge, and I love that the Blues and the Chiefs, the actual super rugby franchises... Um, have actually taken the initiative mm. and wanting to put this game on, on show. So, you know, I think they uh, deserve some credit for that. Um, I can't wait to see what's next. Yeah. As, as former players, is it almost a little bit of the, the recognition of all the people that have gone before as well, that, that women's rugby is finally getting that recognition at, at the top level? Yeah, I think so. I think, like, you know, same with the men's game. Like, you know, we went from MPC to Super Rugby, then on to international, and very similar for us, but we've never had that that pathway with the Super Rugby. So, But we, we've all grown up sort of, you know, wanting to be a chief or wanting to be part of the Blues. So uh, for for me, I was like, you know, it's, it's just exciting. And I know even these young girls coming through, like, they're all like, oh, no, I'm going to be a chief. Like, it's, it's definitely that next step up. And I think there's never been an opportunity to mm. have our women represent in an official capacity to say that they're the first ones to um, represent the Blues or represent the Chiefs is huge. And I think, I, you know, if we go back into a uh, time when the Black Ferns had sort of, you know, been named the Black Ferns, they did have an Adidas 15 group where they played against the Blues and the yeah, Chiefs yeah, and yes. then they actually yeah, created right. a, I think it was the Southern chills at that point oh. yeah and so you know mate they used to jump on the buses and travel so you had like the likes of Vanessa Coots were that yep. was a part of the Adidas 15 and then Lawson War was part of the Chiefs so you know from an official capacity it's quite evolutionary eh? Yeah, it's going to be a cool feeling for I'm having a look at the probably it's going to be alphabetical Sapphire Abraham is probably going to be Blues Wahine number one that must be really that'd be a really cool feeling right? Yeah exactly like they're, they're going to get all these like you know their, their playing numbers and, and like yeah. tick off all their milestones you know because now these days they actually keep records so you know <laughs> they're, they're actually going to have the amount of games next to them and all of that so that's all like yeah. part of building this and you know obviously the, the next step will be to see the, the other regions jump on. Barnes, you've been in the game a long time now. Not, I'm not, not calling you old or anything, either of you. I'm probably older than both of you. What's been the biggest difference that you see in attitude towards the women's game, perhaps from the, the administrative level, from, from your day, from your playing days? Yep. Yeah, there has been a massive um, mindset shift, and that's been over a long period of time. So, you know, I think even... Um, the example of having the Blues and Chiefs, like this has been talked about for some time, you know, in the last maybe couple of years. Um, but I think it's just the, the plans or the meaningful plans in around what that looks like. So even from a, um, as an administrator, 
um, you know, small things like, oh, if we're going to do that for the for the boys, maybe we should yeah, think yeah. about having the girls. And you know, yeah. whilst that's that's still that's really quite positive, and I'm seeing that across the provincial union space, right through to you know, I guess um, even having Katie Sadlia back at um, uh, on Waiheke for the Akawahine program. You know, those sorts of conversations are being had at that level. Is that because people like you guys are, have been banging your heads against brick walls for years? <laughs> I, I was just going to say that. I th like, it's people like Vans who have, like, you know, stopped their playing career and then taken on roles within New Zealand rugby and really pushed the women's game, you know, the growth of the women's game, and not just the women's game, but, you know, right from everything that's doing with the Pacifica mm. game, uh, the you know, the girls' grades, all of that. Like, they've been huge in... in um, influential in that space. Yeah, what's, tell us a bit about your role, because you work for NZ Arvans, and probably people will hear you on Sky, come far apart, my cup time, having a yarn, having a yarn with me. But what's your actual day job? Well, so <laughs> what's your 17-day job that you have? <laughs> yeah. Right, the number you just throw off the different hats. Um, so I am, like, my role, or the title, is a game development manager for women's rugby, um, and that's to increase and really support the um, non-playing roles, so coaches and referees, administrators and, um, and managers. I say coaches. However, prior to that, it has really been a participation. So making sure that there are opportunities for our girls and women that are playing in that field. So there's been a change and a shift in my role, um, but that doesn't that doesn't take away from the main passion, eh? And that is to really try and hold space for our women in every level. And you know, I think kudos to um, our uh, Ewa over oh, here because the, yeah, with that's right. Member of New Zealand Order of Merit, we <laughs> oh, must say. Correct. <laughs> and if people can't see that, especially our young girls, you know, it's really important that we've got role models there. So congratulations for that. Oh, thank you. That's really <laughs> awesome. Yeah, we've like letters after your name now. That's real <laughs> official. Um, Coaches, you mentioned coaches though in your role there, and that's an area you probably do a bit more in the league space, Hans. But um, is that an issue? Is that an area where we're still really lacking high-performance women coaches? Uh, I mean, our coaches for the the two, the Blues and the Chiefs, are, are both men. Um, they've got female assistants, but is that where we've got a, another area that we need to close that gap? Yeah, I think actually, interesting enough, uh, I was at a coaching um, course. Um, and there was about 30 of us, but only two women, me and, uh, and Aliyah Rush, actually. Oh, What's yeah, yeah Rushy. Rushy. Uh, only two women and, thir and 30 men. So I think it's still, there's there's a little bit of a gap there with women, women needing to actually step into those and just have the confidence to be like, look, I can be a head coach. If you look at this, the likes of Anna Richards and Cheryl Smith, they could absolutely be a head coach. So, I mean, I'm not too, too sure why they're not, but, you know, their, their credentials would, you know, put them in those places. But I think there's a lot of pathways coming for female coaching at the moment. Mm. Yeah. Look, I 100% agree with Honey. I think if uh, uh, the short answer is no, we don't have women, uh, enough women yeah. at a high performance yeah. level, let alone even at, if we call in Farah Palmer Cup at that level. Either. Yeah, we've well, only got two head coaches at, at Farah Palmer Cup. I think what Cheryl, Cheryl Smith and um, Mel at Tasman. No, wasn't it Tasman? I think yes. that's what yeah, we had last right. season. Anyway, yeah. quite a few more assistants though. Yeah. And like I see World Rugby's programme, it's something Katie Sadley had talked about where they've got the apprentice coaches for the World Cup squad. Is that something, Vans, that, that we could perhaps be looking at? Or is it maybe do we need to have a look at who's appointing mm. coaches? So I think across the board it needs to be a conversation had by all mm. and obviously my role is to increase that. So um, a couple of things that we have identified and are working on, the game development team um, at New Zealand Rugby and our community team are working together on it. It's, it's the actual environments that we provide our women and they're not the greatest, you know. And half the reason for that is that it's just that historically or traditionally rugby has been for men, right? So um, our men that guard that area are just 
yeah, now they're coming to terms with, okay, so here's some of the things that we need to consider when we are trying to invite more women into the space, whether it be coaches or players or referees. Um, and once I, you know, I, I truly believe once we get that right, you're going to see an influx of women wanting, you know, a bit more welcoming. And, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know um, like High Performance New Zealand and Sport New Zealand are setting up a lot of programs to really push the, the female space mm. in terms of the coaching. I'm involved with, a little bit with both of those and there's quite a few uh, rugby coaches, Anna and all of that lot are involved with those groups as well. So like it's there, it's just they really need to, we, we need someone at that top level to say, yes, you are good enough to be a head coach and I'm going to and I'm gonna pick you because you because you're good enough, not because you're a woman, but yeah, because you're actually yeah. good enough, you know. So th th I think that's the difference. Whereas some of the some of the males that maybe get those positions, um, you know, it's a typical. The males will say yes, 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 yes. That then yep. they'll only tick two boxes. It's whereas the woman, the job, right? yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, they, they make sure they have to tick all ten boxes before they'll put their hand up. So yeah, yeah it's getting there though. Yeah, it's, it's. I mean, and it's an issue not just in rugby. This is across the board in sport, right? Yes. That is what you're seeing with the HPSNZ stuff. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, talking about the Super Rugby game at Eden Park, um, it, it can't be a one-off, right? This can't be just it. So where do things go from here? I know talking to Kate Sexton, New Zealand Rugby are looking at perhaps four teams, short window next year. Is it, is it small steps or do we need it as, like, for want of a better cliche, pick up the ball and run with it? Yeah, I, I'd, I'd say that. Pick up the ball and run with it. Let's get let's get the four teams in, or if if not the five, I don't know why we can't have the five franchises. Um, with it, you know, I think there's enough there's enough talent we out there it, to yeah. actually have the five teams, and then and then we just run with it. It's it'll probably be see, I suppose. Um, how it, I suppose, works in with the likes of Farah Palmer because we don't want to yeah. lose that level as well as obviously the international um, game as well because, you know, there's a lot of priority. And then also how it might work in with the sevens. Mm. So, but I mean, I think, you know, it's, it's going to be the natural progression um, and how that looks for next year. Yeah, it? and just off the back of that, I think, you know, if we're going to, and it's women's rugby and women in sport in general, but if we're going to do something, we've got to do it right, you know, and mm. do it. Uh, well right from the get-go so you know I'm in favour of it, it can't be just a one-off you know I'd yeah. like to know how much investment there is from every stakeholder that there's a meaningful plan and when I talk about a plan I'm saying you know like you've got to consider the right feel of the competition and that might be kind of fluffy and airy-fairy for people <laughs> yeah. but it is it is a thing to consider for women and the right fit so you know if I look at our um, athletes some are returning as first-year mums or, you know, first mothers. Yeah, so those yeah. things, and if we're looking at the professional outfit from Super Rugby, have they considered those things that are very, very different in the men's space? But then I say this in the same breath, it probably should be considered in the men's space because we've got fathers in there yeah. too, yeah. right? So a whole lot of things that need to be considered when we're looking at um, the bigger picture. I love that there's going to be a plan that they're speaking about a high performance or an elite competition of some sort because our athletes need that especially with world rugby introducing that global yeah. competition yes. right so they yeah. need that level of competition well the gap because the gap at the moment between fpc farah palmer cup and international rugby is, is too big right you get a mixture of kids coming out of school playing in it some who are you know who are coming out of retirement to, to have a run around as well which is great because you need that experience so how is, is that what the key is that next tier competition to close the gap yeah i think so yeah. and then and even looking 
looking at, at, the, at the international contracts, so, say for the Black Ferns contracts, even being able to widen that a little bit, you know, whether we have another 20 plus on training contracts, mm. so that as a feeder as well. Um, and even looking at the younger age groups, let's have a, let's have a, a baby Black Ferns, yeah. like we have a baby All Blacks kind of thing, or, mm. you know, the, all of those sort of stages, I think, still will be part of this, part of Super Rugby and, and as a women's game continues to grow. It does mean we're closing that gap, yeah. right? So yeah. where we have our Black Ferns in the tier system or the professionalism, it, we are closing the gap to see um, whether they go fully outright professional. And yeah. I think that's probably what the next, I would imagine the next steps would be. Um, and you just mentioned the seven. So, you know, we've got a, um, a template right there waiting. It is different in terms of the numbers, but it's exciting to see and hear that those are the conversations yeah. that are being had. That was my next quest question, what do you think the next frontier is? Is it, is it full-time professional contracts for say the top 30 women plus the top 20 obviously sevens and, and then all of a sudden we've got 50 professional, fully professional female players? Yeah I think the programs still need to stay separate yeah. because you know you're going to have the ones that specialise in sevens and then the ones that you know obviously just want to do the 15s and there is some crossover with some players mm -hmm. but I still think the two programs need to be separate but yeah it would be great you know to say they have 60 women on full-time contracts, it's their full-time career, and like we've seen with the seven skills, the moment, you know, everyone went on full-time contracts, the results just went like that, and that's exactly what we're going to get. We've, you know, at the moment, say, we're World Cup champs for the Black Ferns, but we're only just, you know, like half a step in front, so mm. we do really need to take that next step, I think. Yeah. What, I mean, we've talked about the massive strides that have been made and continue to be made. What still frustrates you, Barnes? How long have we got? <laughs> yeah, have you got two days or a week? A week um, and look, as much as those frustrations are still there, I think we still need to be um, proud of some of those advances that we've made. You know, there has been um, huge growth, but you know, in the bigger scheme of things, we've got a long way to go. So some of the frustrations are in and around uh, perhaps the lack of opportunities that some of our women have. Um, what I am proud of though is that the provincial unions are now actually putting their hands up and saying, hey, look, we would like to run a women's and workshop, mm. you know, kind of workshop. And what they're actually saying is we're not too sure if we've got the right context. So the thing is that they're asking questions yeah. and they're actually um, interested or the, they want to. You know, so we just need to take people along for the ride and that, so that's one thing I am proud of. Um, but yeah, long way to go. Yeah, I think what frustrates me a little bit still in, this, in women's rugby is probably just the wellbeing space and just, um, just needing to be a bit more, you know, like you talked about the mums yeah. and understanding th that whole makeup and employment and some of those additional resources that will just, and it's only small things that will support the ladies or the girls to be able to continue to play rugby because it does get tough. Um, and then, and then just the networks, you know, like um, being able to network off each other, like you know, it's it's our volunteers in the back, it's the refs, it's um, you know, we've got female uh, board members on, on provincial mm. boards and all of that and we've got far in them on New Zealand rugby boards so it's all of that networking if we can all kind of come together and really you know bring that together I think it's going to help. What about in this like my perspective like this the thing that still frustrates me is bums on seats PR publicity um, and, and I don't know what the answer to it is but but one of the thoughts I had about the postponement of World Cup was I didn't to be honest trust the New Zealand public to turn up Mm. Um, and, and show up for the women's game. They talk about rugby fans, and, and I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the answer to that is, other than just to keep plugging away. Um, is it, do you, I don't know. Double headers, curtain raisers. We're trying all sorts of different things. The product is good. The quality is good. Mm. 
Um, I don't know, I'm just going on a ramble and I don't no, even have an answer. Yeah. Well, <laughs> That's because well, no, you guys are the experts. <laughs> I think it's the same thing here. Like, yeah. um, even with the cancellation, or even let's take it as um, maybe a year, no, no, maybe six months ago when we were at the triple header. Yeah. So there was the triple header, there was uh, Mancina and Tonga game and then the Black Ferns. Uh, oh no, sorry, it was the, was it possible, was it probable? No, yeah, Black yeah, Ferns yeah. and yeah. Barbas, right? So yeah. I'm just... I'm just talking about when we're talking about people that are coming through the gates, man, they came for the Manusina and the Tonga game. You know, culturally, yeah. Pacific and Māori will come if they know that, you know, that, a, you know, that just real alofa or that, that real connection to oh, their yeah. people. And then not long after that, and, you know, dare I say it, they didn't hang around for the last game, which should have been yeah. and was the main, the main match, yeah. right? So I, I reckon we really need to get um, that sort of thinking around the, the table, around how can we do that. Well, mate, one suggestion was for me was if there's a, um, you know, just some cultural elements to that. Mm. Well, um, and that's something they are looking at for World Cup, aren't they? They, they want to really add that, that cultural element to get that in. But mm. it, yeah, it's it's. it's Really and then it's based up in the north, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so it's kind of, we're restricted to where, because it's Auckland and Northland. Uh, but I know the Northlanders, man, you're going to go up there, you yeah. are going to get welcomed yeah. 100%. So, yeah, from a marketing perspective, media, I'm not too sure. I'm not that <laughs> expert, but, um, you know, I think we've got some really good opportunities to really leverage off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I think it's a good product. It's quality. Um, for me, it's I, I'm not worried about bums on seats. I, I'm more worried about the results. Like we, we yeah. if we're getting the results, then, then then you know the fan base will come. Yeah, if you build it, they will come. All right, let's have a look at this game. Blues Chiefs. First ever historic Super Rugby. These um, two teams are chock full of black ferns. I reckon the those from outside the rest of the country be so jealous not getting a chance to play in this. Um, looking at these teams, quite well matched, or do you think there's a favourite? I think there's a favourite. If the Chiefs can get parity with them up front, I really like the Lucys that the Chiefs have, yep. and I like their. I think they've got a better inside back combination as well. What do you reckon? Yeah, I think there's a good balance. Like like you say, there's a really good type five with the Blues, but then you look at the Chiefs uh, Lucy pack, and then the the Blues um, backs are, are really quite young. To and then we've got sort of the experience of the the Hazers and the Chelseas and yeah. and, and those kind of players. So. For me, I, you know, I'm going to back the Chiefs, oh. but just are you, looking, are you sure? Are you sure? <laughs> just looking on paper, I think experience in the Chiefs that spreads across the team throughout all the different, you know, throughout the forwards and the backs. For me, is why I would say, you know, being neutral, <laughs> that the Chiefs would probably yeah. come out yeah. with a result. Well, I look at the Chiefs at first glance when they, you know, they first yeah, so yeah. excited. I was waiting, waiting, waiting. And then they put up the Chiefs team and I was like, wow, that is a really well balanced representative of mm. the Chiefs area, yeah. right? So they've got the Bay, all, all of the Chiefs area. So that was really awesome. And then I looked at the Blues and man, it's a very heavy Auckland mm. storm side or very, you know, uh, I think there's two there from the Hibiscus team in terms yeah. of North Harbour and three maybe from Northland. So, um, whilst the Chiefs probably will bring that, uh, and that I know that they've been training, you know, so they've got uh, that talent and that flair across the whole team. Um, I look at the the Blues and go, well, if they're heavy Auckland Storm, then and they've been playing for a you know a little mm. while, they will have those combinations, perhaps you know, down packed with some um, influx of uh, the Harbour and Northland. But I would say, if I'm looking at that Type Five, the front row. Um, okay, let's let's name that, right? If I look at Tekora, Kristo and Sapphire, who are the hookers, the mm. hookers, yeah. 
what is the what gives them the edge is that Takura and Krista can actually play both sides yeah. of the scrum. Mm -hmm. So they're going to come with uh, not only that experience but also um, the weight. Yeah, you know, so nice. scrum time. <laughs> with with a, with props of Eldora Etunu, Alicia Nelson as well. Not and, and, Chris, and, Crystal, and Crystal Murray. Murray. Yeah. So like if anybody who hasn't seen Crystal Murray play, she's a front rower, right? Um, who can play number eight and kick. Well, I mean, what would you say to someone to, about watching it? Uh, oh. But then she can play sevens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> she played until the Black Fins 15 yeah, sevens, yeah. So, right? So we know that she can carry. Good luck. Oh she, yeah, she's one of the she's one of the most um, skillful mm. I think props we've got going around, yeah. you know. And I can't wait to see her at World Cup in a Black Ferns jersey. She's been a Kiwi fern and she's played league exactly the way she plays rugby. Like, mm. you know, she's so she's so dominating and influential. But with her, you know, she's quite um, reserved and yeah, calm. Yeah. It's like she's like a big teddy bear, but yeah, yeah. she's destructive on the field. Yeah. Um, Patricia Malierport, possibly the most exciting talent that we've seen come through the game in the last couple of years. Has she has she made it out of her teens yet? Is she still in? Is she even <laughs> turned 18 yet. I still don't think she's got that far. Um, played for Auckland the last couple of years. Debut is, what, 15, 16. Do you play her at first five or do you play her at fullback? Mate, play her at 10. You play her at 10, more time with the ball. I mean, when she played for the Barbarian side, yeah. she came alive, right? So that was yeah. a bit of no pressure maybe, but mm. she, I think she wanted to prove a point. And, um, you know, I saw her again down in Wellington with the Black Ferns 15, so playing seven. She scored against the Black Ferns sevens team. She's got some really um, massive confidence now that she's been in that system. Um, I think the, the well, I guess from 10 to 13, if the Blues go with Patricia or Betu at 10, Ruahe at 12 and Sylvia Brunt. So I know that's young, but they've got the experience there of Ruahe. Uh, that will be a combination that I was so waiting to see from the <laughs> yeah. Auckland Storm yeah. last year. Um, but play Betu at 10, man. Uh, the World Cup's next year. Yeah. There is some time mm. this year to play and we'll just see some exciting stuff, I believe. Yeah. Hun, you know Liz Elderwell, obviously Black Ferns captain, had a baby last year, we haven't seen her as much on the field. Um, how would you describe her as a player? Because for, for some, I think maybe when she was named Black Ferns captain, it was a bit of a surprise. But what does she bring to the game? Oh, just guts. Mm -hmm. Guts. Her, like, she's just got a huge engine on her. She will just hit, get up, hit, get up, get hit, get up. Just continuous. Um, I mean, just her character alone. Like she, and she's, because she's, you know, she's so small. Yeah. And, you know, she's, she almost crosses past all the bigger players and goes and hits the biggest player on the field, you know, and that's what, you know, why she carries so much mana amongst the girls is because they see that and they're like, whoa, 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 like, yeah. she's like a, this little pit bull, you know, and that's what, you know, it's just her resilience, you know, and she gets beat up, like really beat up, and then she just keeps going, you know, she, she just has that never die mm. attitude um, about her, and, she, and she's not worried about her body size, you know, she, she just goes for it, and just her work rate off the field is, is pretty massive as well. I think the other thing about Liz and what she brings to it, because she's, she's a very intelligent player, yes. right? And she is a very cool and collective, you know, mindset. So that will help, um, you know, sort of just bring the team down. Mm. But as you talked about, just a massive engine. Well, I guess that's one thing, right? This is going to be a massive occasion. History being made, Eden Park, first time you're playing for these super franchises. Is, 
whichever team settles into that the best, is that going to be the one that gets the head start in this match? Yeah, I think so. I think you look to your leaders and both across both teams, and, and that'll be the Black Fern girls, because this is almost like a trial match mm. for them as well, but really um, stepping up to lead their team, keep them calm, keep them composed, and I suppose just try and wear each other down in that first 20 minutes, because like you say, it's going to be a big occasion, but you know, looking at the Chiefs girls, you've got the likes of Hazel, Tubic, uh, Chelsea Ali, um, but also that the combinations with the likes of uh, Arihiana Marino Tauhinu with Hazel, like they've got a great combination, they just know each other, where they're going to be, they don't even have to look when they mm. pass to each other kind of thing. And then Ariana Baylor gets another shot, so um, that's a really strong connection in terms of getting their teams mm. around the park. Mm. Uh, and you look at the leadership in the Blues team and it's just like almost scattered across that whole yeah. tight uh, forward pack. So you've got Eloise who's, you know, she stepped into the Black Ferns captaincy with pride and also did a great job but she's been captain of you know the the Ponsonby Phillies team for some time the Auckland Storm team so we've really got natural leaders in there then you look at TK, Aldora, Alicia um, so whilst they may not wear those caps you yeah. know they actually do um, help with that kind of leadership role. All right before we go I'm going to put you on the spot score predictions Chiefs, Blues, by and margin I know you love a good tipping comp You've been doing it all season. <laughs> I totally haven't been doing the shipping comp all season, so I'm not, and I'm neutral, so I'm not going to give an answer. I'm doing pretty well because the Chiefs are doing pretty well, so <laughs> I'm going to go for the Chiefs. Um, oh, I, I say it's going to be a tight one, but I'd say um, 30 to 10. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> tight, tight first 20 minutes. All right, Vance? Uh, well, you know I should be neutral, and I am, but for this, I'm, I'm going to go for the Blues, and it's going to be... Uh, under five. Is that how you bet these the, days? No, the five and under. Five and under. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Honey, here to me, Smile and Vania Wolfgram, two former Black Ferns, giving us their insight into the state of women's game and their uh, look and analysis at these two teams. The Blues against the Chiefs is on Eden Park, 4.35 kickoff Saturday, May 1st. Don't miss it. You can catch us on The Conversation wherever you get your podcast and, of course, here on Sky Sport and on Sky Sport Now.